They know they're the kingmaker. They know that just by putting this on their shelves that they're going to generate revenue for you. And the contract is going to reflect that. And that's how you get <laughs> fucked and you go out of business because you're selling at such a slim margin that you can't survive. Tell them, look, we're going to be saying yes, but we're going to need another six, 12 months, whatever that is. But we want you to begin building that relationship. And the whole goal of all of this is to get to the point where you have power and you can negotiate a contract that's fair. Not so that you can be the dick. You just want something that's fair. So distribution, you can have a product, you can create it. I, a lot of the businesses I have, I'm able to distribute it through websites that we control and we do the marketing, but there's plenty of other ways to run a business. You're an expert in getting stores to distribute. How do you get in? If somebody here has a snack bar or a drink or something, you can't just go to 7-Eleven and Walmart and go, yo, sell my stuff. Because one of the keys is if you get shelf space, at a 7-Eleven or Walmart, it's going to boost your sales. I don't care what your marketing is. Just the fact that you're in a thousand stores. So how do you get the foot in the door for somebody listening who wants to launch any kind of physical product business? All right, everybody, here we go. Lean <laughs> forward because I'm going to break it down for you. And this is this is the you gospel. You guys should be paying truth. me this for this. All right, so step number one, you've got to make that killer product. Step number two, get it out to influencers. The reason you want to do that is they're going to begin talking to their marketplace. Your product really has to add value. But if it does, let them do contests and things like get this man here. <laughs> Instead of just giving away raw cash, you get them giving away your product. So it's going to cost you the cost of the product. Get it out there. Get a bunch of people doing that. Now, the magical thing that happens is people begin walking into the stores where they would expect it to be carried and asking, hey, where are the Quest Bars or oh. whatever your product is? Huh. Now, those stores at first, they don't think anything of it. Then two and three people a day are walking into the store. Then they start reaching out to you. Now, first, because of what Ty just said, they know they're the kingmaker. They know that just by putting this on their shelves that they're going to generate revenue for you. And the contract is going to reflect that. And that's how you <laughs> get fucked and you go out of business because you're selling at such a slim margin that you can't survive. So now, if that happens and you start growing rapidly, you realize, oh, God, what we agreed to in terms of the profit margin doesn't work. I can't scale my business and now I'm stuck. That's where most businesses tap out. You live in the age of the internet. So what you're going to do is you're not going to fall prey to that very stupid mistake. And you're going to keep when they keep coming and asking to have your product, you're going to say no. And I'm going to say, you're going to say no for about a year and you're going to have to have discipline because you could be making more money in the short term, but you're going to say no. And you're going to keep building online. You're going to evangelize your customers so that they don't just like you. They absolutely love you. They love everything about you. They love your customer support. They love all the content that you're creating, everything. You're adding value to them at every touch point. Then a year later, we literally at Quest, we hired somebody to say no in a better way. Really? Because we were like, oh shit, we're beginning to damage the relationship with these guys who are like, dude, if you don't come on our shelves, we're never coming back to you. I want to be very clear about that. So we hired somebody just to say no in a nicer way. How did they do that? Um, they had a longstanding relationship. So oh, okay. you end up hiring somebody that actually knows those customers. So it becomes the account manager. So for us, our big ones were like GNC, Vitamin Shop. And so you get people that have like 10, 15, 20-year relationship with that store. And you tell them, look, we're going to be saying yes, but we're going to need another six, 12 months, whatever that is. 
but we want you to begin building that relationship. And the whole goal of all of this is to get to the point where you have power and you can negotiate a contract that's fair, not so that you can be the dick. You just want something that's fair. And so because we were able to do that, we were able to scale our business. We didn't have to take in outside equity, even though we grew by 57,000% in our first three years alone. That is a good. It's crazy, crazy. And this is in manufacturing, dude. So we were buying like just millions of dollars of equipment. We had hundreds of thousands of square feet and it all happened in like a five-year period. It was absolute madness, but we were only able to do that because we said no long enough to negotiate a contract that was fair. How did you know to say no though? Um, because we get, you run the math. It's like, yeah. you look at it and go, yeah, okay, my margin work. here is like <laughs> yeah. 12%. Like, right. yeah. I'm in manufacturing. Like if I were just manufacturing and I didn't have any marketing or anything sure. like that, then that'd be fine. Sure. Yeah. Like a, you know, a, a co-man can, can get by on that, but a brand, no way. Yeah. So he's basically wanted... saying for somebody said, damn, he lost me. Let me explain what he's saying. <laughs> a store, let's say Seven Eleven or GNC, they'll say, we'll buy these bars from you. For $0.75, cents and then we'll resell them for $2. Just making up a hypothetical. So they're going to make a lot of profit. Let's say this bar cost him $0.70 cents to make. So they're squeezing you. They're going to give you $0.05 cents profit per bar. Then they're going to take the bar and go sell it for triple. And they and they say, we're 7-Eleven. We have spent all this money on our brand. We've built these uh, physical locations and these franchises. So one of the cool things that... Uh, a man named Casanova, very famous. Giancova Casanova, the most famous, one of the most famous people in history. He said, be the flame, not the moth. Be the candle, not the moth. And that's really kind of the philosophy that Tom's saying is that when you, what you chase moves away from you. That's what Casanova was saying. What you chase moves away from you. And what you deny and say, ah, you know, it moves closer. It goes, wait a second. And I've found that in business networking, um, one of the worst things you can do is be at a conference, see somebody you want to talk to and just buzz up to them and be like, oh my God, I've been wanting to, to meet you. You have to do it in a way where you are the flame and not and not just the moth that's actually pursuing. And so so you did that and it worked. It worked really, really well. And, and one thing just to make this more universal for people going along with what you're saying is you got to play the long game. So let's take the example of you really want to meet somebody that let's say you want to meet Ty. And step one is not run up and introduce yourself to Ty. Step one is to, um, in an ideal scenario, you get somebody else who says, oh, Ty, you have to meet so-and-so, right. um, which, by the way, is exactly how I met Ty at Thrive. Um, somebody else went up to you and said, you need to meet Tom. And someone came up to me and said, you need to meet Ty. And so that's how we then came together. But both of us knowing at that moment where we met that like, that's the, the power exchange, right? That other people were brokering, um, that, that introduction. And so it's like, I get it. We may have been in the same place like a dozen times before that, but the setting wasn't right to meet as equals. And so you just don't meet. Most people, like, they can't bear it. They're convinced they're never going to meet again. So they just, like, rush up, and they don't make a great, first, a great first impression. I had to learn this the hard way. I was the guy that used to show up for the first date. These are true stories. I really wish they weren't. But I would show up on the first date with, like, flowers and poems. Oh, dear. Oh, yes. Poems? You did yes. poems? I assure you this is real. And so because oh. of that, there was very... Very little getting laid. And so I was just like, this is a bad strategy. That's right? actually interesting. So, so just, did, the question, did yeah. the candle, I mean, sorry, did the poem 
ever work on a date. Not once. Did not you? Once. Did you? Not on the first date, you got to be kidding. It's suicide. Did you do uh, uh, specific poems per date, or was it the same oh, poem course. you just recycled? No, 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 my friend. So you made it I very. I was doing it from a truly authentic place. Like I would see somebody, <laughs> I'd be into them, and I would really want to like show that. And you see in movies that that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to roll up with flowers. Somebody but... wrote ha 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 poems. That's all they wrote. <laughs> that, and that well said, my friend. Well but now said. you're married. Yeah, so so, it, so it, what strategy did you convert to? Did you then start seeing a girl you like at Starbucks, like your your future wife, and send a friend to over say to you them should and be meet like, Tom? You see that other guy getting coffee? You must meet him. <laughs> no, I literally I ignored the shit out of her, and so and it worked. And it worked. So do you want to know okay. what the very first line was that I said to the woman who would become my wife? Brace Ooh. yourself for this one. Okay, I'm, and just, I'm, sure what? I'm ignoring you. Remember, it worked. No, I said. Where do you think you're going? Sit your ass down. And okay. she sat, and then I knew. Where were you at Starbucks? Um, no, so we <laughs> that were. Would be weird. Um, she was filming something. We were all, actually on the back lot of Universal. So we had a relationship. Those weren't the first words I said to her as a person. They were the first right. words I said to her in any sort of romantic advance. Zach, what's been your best? Zach is a Tinder and Bumble guy. I've never met somebody off Tinder, but I'm going to because I want to start getting these good stories that Zach has. <laughs> Zach, what is your best line that's gotten you married? Oh, no, you're not married. <laughs> sorry. Um, honestly, for a while there, I would go, hey, do you want to arm wrestle? Uh-huh. Okay. That was... My, my I groaned. I kid yeah. you not. It you know your line's not that good when women go, uh, I have. Uh, I have evidence... To prove the contrary, it yeah. did. You work. mean that I, girl? I don't do it gonna... now. This is ten years ago, like on on uh, Match dot com or something. This isn't last week. Oh, you would te- you would email them. That's, do you yeah, want that's to back arm in the wrestle? Day. Yes. No, but I'm saying all the women that were saying yes. Which women are saying yes to? Do you want to arm <laughs> My wrestle? Adults. The ones that get it's just a joke and it's a silly opener. It's not a legitimate request. Those are the ones. We have two Leos here <laughs> slightly offending each other. <laughs> also, how are your morals? That works pretty oh, well. How are your morals so is actually morals. kind of a funny joke that Zach says. I will tell you, I'm sure I can tell you the best pickup line in the world. If you learn about astrology and you walked up to a woman and you say, if you tell me what day of the year you're born, I'll tell you what career you should choose and everything about your future. Promise you, this is not a joke. People will turn around. Men don't like to talk about astrology, but for some reason, a lot of women do. So that's my tip. Um, I'm not sure about the wrestling or sit down. but No, uh, no, no um, but. actually, I, I bring up, this is crazy. I'm on a crazy streak with uh, guessing the signs on Tinder. Like, yes. I'll say, you know, hello, yeah. or if it's Bumble, they have to message you first. And I write back immediately saying or guessing what their sign is. Where'd you and get that idea? Right now... <laughs> I, um, Armand, <laughs> but no, Zach I've been killing it off of guessing. Trust me, it, it works. They get all excited. Even if you too, get right? it wrong, they, it, people like to. You know, I was reading a one of the greatest, I think, the smartest man of the modern world, and a lot of people disagree with me, but they've never actually read his words. Was Sigmund Freud? Sigmund Freud. Just trust me. Even though some of his theories of Oedipus complex and all these have been discredited. 
he's the founder of modern psychology. Anytime you found an entire <laughs> subject in, in, in university, you're pretty smart. And he is a gene. Trust me. Read Civilization's Discontents. I've read, you know, most of the philosophers, the great thinkers, and I've never read somebody by Kim. But one of the things that he says is who we fall in love with. So this is a good marketing tip if you're building a business because a lot of people love Quest Bars. You you have people with a love relationship. Not everybody. Ty's brother Ben. My brother has a loves relationship them. with Quest He's Bars. definitely yeah. My brother is like serious a huge about it. A disciple, an apostle for it. So you can it. you can use this in any this this principle. What what Sigmund Freud said is that, um, in order to get love, he so he talked about the Bible where Jesus Christ said, "Love your neighbor, love your enemy as yourself." And Sigmund Freud said he didn't think that made sense, but he because he said. Love is something valuable to you. You don't have that much time. You can't love everybody on the planet equally, right? You don't have time to help all 7 billion people. So he said, humans have this decision to make. Like, who will you put your real love in terms of time, energy, effort, and so on? And he said, what do we look for? It's very interesting. I was just rereading this yesterday. He said, the ultimate thing we look for is something that reminds us of ourselves. People fall in love with themselves because – Freud is one of the first people to talk about this narcissism. And so I think when you're marketing a bar like Quest Bar or you're like Zach marketing Tinder, yourself, marketing himself on Tinder, there has to be some deep sub psychological A. That that vibes with what I already believe. So marketing, like you said, you got these influencers who were pro bodybuilders. They weren't people who were 300 pounds overweight that were used to eating Reese's pieces all the day. Because when they looked at Quest Bar, they didn't see themselves, their world. In this case, it wouldn't be literally themselves. It'd be their worldview. And so you start in marketing with people who already have your worldview. And they fall in love with you. And then over time, you've been able to evangelize out 